Hey everybody, it's Pastor Brian here, August 18th, it's Tuesday, it's time for another weekly update, and um, you know, I've really got to find a better name for our weekly broadcast, it's really not an update anymore, I started doing this thing when we were shut down because of the coronavirus, and I was doing a weekly update because it seemed like every day things were changing, so I thought at least once a week I want to get on here and give you guys an update about the church and what I'm thinking and what's going on. But it's really not an update anymore. It's just a time for me to talk to you guys and share things that are on my heart, share things that I've been thinking about or thinking through. And so maybe you can help me come up with a better name for our weekly Tuesday broadcast. I'm not going to call it the Tuesday podcast either. I don't know what I'll call them. So maybe you can come up with something that's witty and something that sticks and we can change the name of this thing. But for now, uh, welcome to the weekly update. And speaking of updates... Even though I just said this isn't an update, I've been trying to uh, follow pretty closely what's been going on with John MacArthur and Grace Community Church out in Los Angeles. And, you know, they've defied the government's order to shut down and to close their doors again. They're not supposed to be meeting indoors in person. John MacArthur said that they are going to continue to meet in person because it's a First Amendment issue and they believe that it's the right to. And practice their faith is a constitutional right, but more importantly, it's commanded by Christ. And so they feel like it's an overstep for the government to tell them that they can't meet. And so they're continuing to meet. Of course, the county had served them with a cease and desist a couple weeks ago, saying that they would possibly be fined $1,000 each Sunday they were open, and John MacArthur could be arrested, as well as other leaders from the church. John MacArthur said that they were going to go ahead and continue to meet, which they did. And then he filed suit against the governor and the mayor of Los Angeles and the um, uh, another official, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, last Friday, the judge who heard their case, the did the preliminary hearing, I guess, on their case, agreed with John MacArthur and said that they could meet indoors with no size restrictions, that it was, a, it was in fact, unconstitutional for the government to tell them that they couldn't meet together. And John MacArthur agreed that uh, in the meantime, between then and their next hearing, which I think is sometime early first week of September, something like that, they said that they would agree to distance to the best of their ability and wear masks inside the sanctuary do the right thing while they were waiting for the court case. The judge, so the judge agreed with them. And then the state quickly turned around the next day on Saturday evening and filed another uh, appeal. And that went to the court of appeals and the court of appeals upheld the state's decision and said, or essentially overturned the judge from a day before and said that they are not allowed to meet, that they need to close, and they cannot have indoor meetings. And so John MacArthur, of course, they met again. And and here's uh, his perspective on things. He, you can find this stuff for yourself, but I'll save you the time from looking. Here's John MacArthur as he opened his service last week. I just want to. I think this is important for us to keep up to uh, keep up to date on because this has an effect on us. There may be another time. Another circumstance, it may not be because of COVID, but there could be something else going on in the life of the church where the government tells us that we have to shut our doors. It could be a public health issue. It could be some other issue. 
And now these things are being played out in court where we need to pay attention to the decisions that are being made in the courts about us being able to say meeting is essentially is, is an essential part of our faith. Meeting together, gathering together to worship is something we're commanded to do in scriptures. And so we're going to do what God has commanded us to do, not what man, what man has commanded us to do. We're going to prioritize God's word over man's word. And we just need to know, like, what is the atmosphere? What's the environment that we're living in when we make these decisions? I've been saying for a while now that I believe our culture, the environment that we are finding ourselves placed in is becoming more and more hostile to Christianity. And these little, these are not little things, but I'll say these little battles between individual churches and the government are going to set precedents that are going to affect all of us in the days ahead. So here's John MacArthur, and then you can listen to this. I'll, I'll be right back. We're having church. It's, um, it's actually hard to figure out exactly what the uh, city is trying to do uh, with us and to us, but we know they don't want us to do exactly what we're doing right now. And we're, we're, not meeting, we're not meeting because we want to be rebellious. We're meeting because our Lord has commanded us to come together and worship Him. There was a court order that um, granted this church and this church alone the right to meet indoors, and the powers of the city were not happy about that. They were going to be asking us to do two things, uh, social distance and wear masks. Um, that was until yesterday when the city, we agreed, look, we'll will comply for a few weeks. They asked that for three weeks. We're not wanting to be defiant. We, we will do what is reasonable. That was not enough for the city, so they went to the appellate court at the last minute on Saturday late and had that order removed. Um, they don't want us to meet. That's obvious. They're not willing to work with us. They just want to shut us down. But... We're here to bring honor to the Lord. They're not our enemy. We understand that. The Bible tells us to pray for our leaders, for their salvation. We need to be faithful to do that. So that was John MacArthur updating his church family as they gathered for worship this past Sunday. And, you know, we'll keep up to date on what's going on. It'll be interesting to see what happens this week if the county's actually going to follow through on their threats to find John MacArthur, to find Grace Church, and also to arrest John MacArthur. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's just an interesting thing to watch. Um, so this week what I want to do is just sort of share with you a bit of personal testimony that I think maybe will be helpful to you. This isn't something that I would necessarily preach about, but it's something I feel like could be helpful to you, especially during this time that we're still going through. Our, our lives have changed. Let me ask you this question. How how has your life changed since March, since, since the closure in March, when everything shut down and, you know, at first it started with gatherings and then we got the stay-at-home order and 
then non-essential businesses, all, all kinds of things were closed up and shut down and the schools were closed. Things just changed drastically. How has your life changed since all that happened? I, I imagine that your life has changed significantly. And, you know, for me, life has changed. For us, life has changed. Life at church has changed so much. And I miss every week, I'm telling you, I miss normalcy. I miss the good things. I mean, just think about how life has changed at our church. Not, you know, number one, coming into this year, and I'm not going to recount all of it, but we were just having such a great entering 2020 with such momentum. But just think of the things that changed in our church. Uh, No Wednesday gatherings. We haven't had a Wednesday gathering since mid-March, and that was just really, that's where I felt like, really, on Wednesday nights, that's where I felt the real life of the church was happening. And so we were sharing a meal together. We were spending time together. We were getting to know each other. That's all gone. Uh, No children's ministry since March. We haven't had any children's ministry going on. I mean, we did have virtual VBS, so it's not that we haven't done anything, but our regular children's ministry, which was like really growing and really a vibrant part of the life of Burntwood's church, has been shut down since March. We haven't had any events. You know, right now, typically, we would be in full gear planning for our yearly, our annual block party. That's been such a big deal for us in the past few years, not just for us, but for our community. Our community really comes and engages and participates, and it's a great way we get to know our neighbors. But we don't have any events coming up. Our missions, trips, and different things that we do as a church on the on the mission front have pretty much just stopped. I mean, it, now I will say that we do have our partners working in Ghana. Pastor Emmanuel still still working, still working hard, adjusting to different restrictions that they're dealing with there. Pastor George still got our wells done this year and is still working hard and preaching the gospel. So it's not like nothing's going on, but it's just different this year. We're not reporting a lot. We're not planning trips. We're not raising money to send people and do all those things. So, I mean, it's just like things have sort of shut down with the exception of our weekly worship time together. And honestly, it's been pretty depressing for me, pretty discouraging in a lot of ways to to adjust to how life has changed in the church. But also it's been a time of reflection for me. It's been a time to think through what we were doing, what was working, what was not working, um, what things need to change. I was talking to somebody not long ago, and we were talking about a, a church this person's serving in, and we were talking. He's brand new there, and we were just talking about like what the next steps are in the church. And this church has gone through a lot of change and transition. And I said, you know, if it were me, here's what I'd do. I said, if I had it to do over again at Burntwoods. I would do this, this, and that. And then I got to thinking to myself after that conversation, you know, why do we say if I had it to do over again, I would do these things, but then not do them because we can't do them over again? Does that make sense? So in other words, if I think these are good things to do, why not just do them instead of saying I wish I would have done them? So I am making some changes to the things that we do around here and to the way that we do things. We've introduced some new elements in our worship service and rethinking the way that we do a lot of things. And and so, in a sense, I'm trying to, to take advantage of this opportunity, but things have changed. And 
and it kind of stinks in a lot of ways, but trying to seize the opportunity in other ways as well. But in my personal life, things have changed too. Just like for you, I'm sure that you can say your personal life has changed, no doubt about it. Like for me, I think of just like simple things, um, no school. I, w- I went out the other day. I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before I went out to take the dogs out in the morning. It was pretty early in the morning. A school bus came down Burntwoods Road. I could hear it coming, that familiar sound of a school bus coming, and, and it drove past. And, you know, it just sort of felt like, oh, man, school, what was that like to send our kids to school? But, you know, no school, that's a big change for us because we have school-age kids. So not only them – Going to school, but just them getting up for school and and the rhythm of the day, them getting up and going and coming home. I mean, here's something interesting. You know, I I haven't set an alarm clock in my house during the week. I always set one on Sundays. I get up extra early on Sundays, but I haven't set an alarm clock in my house in months, just like for a normal day. Now, having said that, like, I don't want you to think I sleep until noon or something crazy. Like, my dogs don't allow that. We're usually up by 7. At least I'm usually up by 7 moving around and getting the dogs out and and doing other things. But uh, just, you know, their morning routine is different. Uh, No church activities. That's a big thing for me, uh, for my family, because our life is the church. I mean, we live here literally at the church. Church activities are a big part of our life, so those are gone. So our personal life has changed and uh, my routine has changed. And here's what I discovered, and this is what I hope is really going to be helpful to you today, is I've been thinking a lot about this lately, paying more attention to it. And, you know, my routine changed because of all this coronavirus stuff and the different things that, that have changed in all of our lives. My routine has changed each week, each day. And what I discovered, I started thinking about this, is I discovered that I've been waiting, like probably many of us have, for things to return to normal, for my routine to return. And so I discovered that as I've been waiting for my routine to return, in the waiting, I'm forming a new routine. I'm forming new habits in the waiting and not great habits, you know? I mean, just think about this. Like the people who study this kind of stuff say that you can form a new habit in your life. It takes like 66 days for behavior to become a habit. So behavior becomes a habit when you do it automatically, essentially. It becomes habitual. You just do it without really thinking about it. And it takes about two months or or roughly about two months, that's the average, for you to do things enough times to repeat a certain behavior. And after about two months, it just becomes a habit. You just start doing it. And so, you know, it's been 155 days since we shut church down on March 15th. That's way more than enough time for, for me to be forming new habits for me to be doing things differently and for me to be forming a new routine, forming new habits. And I have been doing that. I've been, things in my life have been different. And I'm I'm starting to notice now that I formed some habits. And not all of them have been great, by the way. And so 
I, really, I just hope this is helpful to you. I'm I'm sort of thinking out loud today, just given like personal testimony. But you know, as I've been realizing, I've been forming these new habits. I've been thinking about starting to think about um, are my habits honoring to Christ? Like are are the things that I do habitually are they honoring to Christ, or is my routine sinful? Are the things that I'm doing actually sinful they're that they're not just innocent sort of neutral things i'm either honoring christ in them or i'm rebelling and i'm sinning and so i've been thinking through those things and as i've been thinking through those things i've been trying to ask myself what do i want my life to look like like what do i want what types of things do i wish were part of my routine you know, I hear people say things like this sometimes, and I, I do too. I think through these things too. Like you see somebody you know or somebody you respect, and you hear them talk about their routine, and you think to yourself, I wish I had a routine like that. Like I wish I did things like that. I, and then we don't do it. And I think to myself, you know, the reason people have those routines is because they made a decision about the things that they were going to do each day, the habits that they were going to form in their life, the things that they were going to allow to become habits, and they did them. And so I'm asking myself all these questions about my routine, and I I hope that you will be asking yourself questions about your routine because I think if you'll do some self-reflection, like if you'll just take stock of the last five months or so of your life, I think you'll find that you have started to do some things differently. Some things may be good. Some things may be really good. But you may also discover that some of the things that you've allowed to become routine in your life are not so good. And so um, take stock of your habits. Take stock of your routine and see what needs to change. And like, so I'll just give you an example from my life. There, are, There's more than one thing, but here's the one of the big things that I've decided is that I've decided I want my mornings to be more meaningful. So I'm what I mean by that is like I I want my mornings to be more intentional. You know, I don't want to just wake up and you know part of the uh I guess a benefit and I don't know that it's even a benefit honestly but uh, you might think it is part of my routine or part of my day is that I can get up and kind of just ease into my day. Like I come to the office in the morning, um, but I don't feel like I need to be here like and punch a clock if you get when I get my drift. So I can kind of ease into my day. Um, and sometimes that means that my mornings become a little bit lax, like I just sort of ease into the day. I get the kids up and moving, and Denise and I are kind of doing our thing, and you might have your coffee and and uh, read a little bit of news on the Internet, see what's going on in the world today, get the kids back when they were school, get the kids moving off to school and, and eat breakfast, do all that stuff, but just sort of kind of ease into the day. And then once I got to the office, then really that's where the meaningful stuff started to happen for me. And uh, I've decided I don't want to do that. Like, I want to have some intentionality in my mornings and make my mornings more meaningful before the day really gets started. I want there to be a good foundation for the day. And so I've been trying to do things differently in the mornings. 
when I get up, just trying to, to be more intentional about setting the tone for my day. So that's just like a personal example, and, and I'm trying to form better habits. And I hope that you do too. And most importantly, one of the reasons I want us to do this is because I want us to be able to say that everything we do in our life is honoring God. Like every single thing we do in our life should be honoring God. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Paul says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Just think about that statement. Whether you eat or drink. And I think that that the example of eating and drinking, you know, just speaks to like the 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 most simple thing that we do every day to maintain life, like food and drinks are the simple things. We don't even think about those things as being big things that we use to glorify God. So just the simple routine things of life. And then he adds that statement or whatever you do. So anything that you do in your life, do it for the glory of God. Do it all to the glory of God. Glorify God in every single thing that you do. And if you take every single thing that you do, if you take stock of every single thing that you do, and ask yourself, is what I'm doing glorifying God? But also ask yourself, maybe maybe another question you could ask yourself is, can what I'm doing bring glory to God or give glory to God? Um, I, I would almost imagine that we would find pretty quickly that there are a lot of things in our life that need to change. From the way that we approach our mornings to the way that we spend our days to the way that we talk at work to the way that we interact on social media to the things that we read to the websites that we look at to the um, things we watch on television at night to the things that we do with our family, the time that we spend with our children, the conversations we have with our spouse. I mean, put it all through the filter of the question, is what I'm doing giving glory to God? And then if it's not, make some changes. Like Make some changes in your life. Form some new habits. Be disciplined enough to do things differently long enough that it becomes a habit and then you don't have to think so much about it. You know, it doesn't become so difficult to do. You can change your behavior. You can be a person who's living for the glory of God each and every day in every single thing that you're doing if you choose to pursue that in your life. And you know, you know without a doubt that God desires that for you. So the Holy Spirit will be helping you and you you have the word of God to strengthen you, you know, other Christians to confide in, to hold you accountable. So make some changes in your life. What's your routine become? How has your life changed over the last few months? And what do you want your life to be like? Take stock of all the little things that are going on in your life and make changes where they're necessary. You know, don't allow your routine to hold you back just because you're in a bad routine. Change your routine. If you need to change it, fight against it. And uh, that that's just my word of encouragement for you today. So this is a different kind of weekly update than I usually give, but this has really been on my heart lately. You know, just this idea of 
taking stock of my life, taking stock of the things that are habits in my life, and making changes in my life so that I can live a life that's more intentionally giving glory to God in every single thing that I do. And so I hope that's helpful for you. I hope that you'll take it seriously, and I hope you'll take stock and make changes where you have to. So have a great rest of your week. Um, I look forward to Sunday worship. I'm already looking forward to the message on Sunday. I'm, I'm really excited. I've been thinking about some things I want to share with you this week as we lead into the message, just some things that have really been pressing on my heart as we've begun this study through First Peter. So I'm looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. Stay healthy, stay safe, and I'll see you at 1045 Sunday morning unless I see you before then. God bless you. Take care. I'll see you soon.